You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with the most visionary humans on this earth in hopes that you'll be able to absorb their wisdom, avoid their failures, and feel less alone on the roller coaster ride that is entrepreneurship. This season, I'll be chatting with creative thinkers, masterful marketers, brick and mortar shop owners, brand builders, and people just like you who have a story to share or a vision that inspires. If I can share one quick secret with you before we get into the episode, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. You know, that spark that nudges us to pursue our full potential in this lifetime. But perhaps somewhere along the line, it got covered up. I'm here to tell you that it's never too late to explore that inner voice and access the brilliance deep down inside of you. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Popsicle lovers, let's all unite. Today, Layla Kashabji returns for her second appearance on the show. Since my first conversation with Layla back in 2019, a lot has changed for her company, Happy Pops. If you're not familiar with Happy Pops or didn't catch our first episode, Happy Pops are similar to your favorite childhood popsicles, but way healthier and made without the nasty sugars lurking in traditional popsicles. You might remember watching Layla pitch Happy Pops on Dragon's Den, or perhaps you've even purchased a box from your local grocery store. They are a regular in my grocery haul these days, especially because Dave is obsessed. So in this episode, we talk about how 2020 was for this CPG brand and what some of the ups and downs of the pandemic year were. We talk about influencer marketing and whether it's an advantageous marketing strategy for Happy Pops. We talk about how Layla stays inspired and motivated as a young entrepreneur entrepreneur, how they've landed new channels of distribution across Canada, and the continued desire to bring healthy happiness and cultural taste to kitchens around the world. So enjoy this episode with Layla, and I will see you on the other side to chat about three key takeaways that I've gathered. And one last thing, if you want to head over to my Instagram account, just at Kelsey Rydell, you're going to find a really fun Happy Pops giveaway. So go head over to Kelsey Rydell on Instagram and enter our Happy Pops giveaway. And if you don't win and you still want to shop some Happy Pops because we could all use a little bit more happiness these days, then you can head over to Happy Pops website and use the code visionary 10 at checkout and you can save on your first online order. So enjoy this episode and I'll see you on the other side. Layla, welcome back to the Visionary Life Podcast. You and I sat down almost two years ago for the first time to record episode number 86, and now we are almost at episode 160. So we've come, you know, quite a long way, but I'm so thrilled to have you back on the show. And since our first conversation, I've really enjoyed actually shipping Happy Pops to my friends and to some of my family when I need a gift for them or when I'm trying to brighten somebody's day. I just find it is like one of the coolest things to be able to surprise somebody with is with with one of your mixed um, coolers full of popsicles. So anyways, that's just a little aside note, but welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's good to be back and I appreciate you ordering and spreading the word. 
it is literally like the most Instagrammable thing for people to receive. Like, I feel like they naturally just have to pull out their phone and they're like, oh my God, Kelsey, this is insane. I've never seen these before. And just, you know, we talked about this on the last show, but the way that the labels or the packaging um, have been designed around each popsicle, it's so captivating, right? And the colors are fun and the flavors are fun. So it's kind of an added bonus that when the box ships, I'm getting um, some, you know, images and photos of people sharing their excitement. So, you know, kind of warms my heart in a way. That's so good. So I want to catch up where we left off. Um, Thinking about the last 18 to 24 months, could you just let us in? What have been some of the milestones that you've hit as a company, whether they're major or minor? Just what are some of the things you've celebrated in the last two years? So, I mean, I, I do believe in celebrating small wins and what may, many people may think is, you know, not really worth celebrating or whatever. Like, I, I really do believe, and I think that's what's made us kind of kept it, kept the team motivated, whether we do team lunches for different things, whether we hit new production goals or, or, or greater e-commerce volumes or launching in new retail stores. I think we celebrate all of that. So with that, I mean, it's been... It's been a bit, we got national distribution with UNFI. So that was really exciting. Uh, we launched into into Metro, which was, which was great for us. It really, we're in a, about a hundred Ontario stores and then some of their Quebec stores. And so the fact that they took a chance on us through COVID has been so great because it's allowed us to keep our team. It's allowed us to grow and it's made the product more readily available because you could say hey it's in metro it's not okay go on our website find the closest store and um it's easier people know metro so that's definitely helped and then we've grown online i think it's been also a huge we we didn't really ship much until pre-covid and we changed the full experience and really went all in with online in march because we lost 70 percent of our revenue I was going to ask you kind of to summarize how 2020 was as a food uh, and consumer package good. Like if you had to sum up the year in terms of how it went, what do you say? In terms of gross, like it, in terms of grocery, was it was it, it went up and e-commerce was e-commerce was definitely where you needed to be in 2020. So if anybody's not online and in CPG, now's the time to really definitely get online Mm -hmm. uh i think that's where it's at and it's it's accelerated um e-commerce and i think it's here to stay Mm -hmm. and thankfully you already had your whole e-commerce platform set up right like this was something that you didn't wait until covid to set up but it sounds like it grew as of march we sort of had it there but it wasn't it wasn't really set up to make it user friendly. We didn't have the volumes. We we were shipping the occasional order. I wouldn't say we were an e-commerce company. I wouldn't say we put effort into it. I would just say it was there so that if people watched us on Dragon's Den or and saw and maybe went to the website, they could order some and ship it wherever mm-hmm. across the country. But it wasn't um, it wasn't the easiest to order. We didn't really promote it. Um, so it was more when COVID hit, when it was really a question of how are we going to survive now that we have no corporate and no events? And that's when we 
redesigned the site and then we redesigned it a little bit again in November um, to allow people to build their own fully custom box. Like you pick every single flavor in that box. Mm. Yeah, I think it's uh, kind of an important point to pause on is that you were doing a lot of corporate events. I believe you were doing kind of like weddings and different, I don't know, like gatherings where you would supply all of the pops, right? Um, And that was a huge pillar of your business. I always think of the photos of you outdoors, like with the cooler and handing out happy pops at major locations like museums in Toronto and things like that, where you're actually out and interacting. And that was really taken away away from you in 2020. So did you know immediately that e-commerce was how you were going to make up that gap? Or did you run up against a lot of fear and unknown um, when COVID happened and when you were forced to make some decisions as to how you were going to make up that revenue? I think I've always believed in being really transparent and people knew small businesses were hurting. People knew we were, we were it was going to be tough. Yeah. And we decided we, I've never been the biggest believer in ads, although it's starting to change, but people started supporting and people started spreading the word and that helped. And then all of a sudden we were faced with like delayed shipments because as everybody else went online, all of a sudden these companies were not, they didn't have the infrastructure to now be able to support that demand and the social distancing. And they were dealing with, you know, COVID in their facilities and people off and people taking leaves because now they had to homeschool their kids. So all of a sudden I woke up one morning and our product's temperature sensitive. I woke up to like 30 delays and I was like rattled. Like it's like 7 a.m. and I'm like, it just is delay, 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 delay. And I'm like, oh my God, like what am I gonna do? Yeah. And you know, we persevered and there's still been, there's been delays, there's been, but I think the biggest thing was just really just remaining transparent like and and telling our customers all along like hey we're sorry like this is delayed like there's nothing we can do and we've had to cover we've had to cover some of those costs and i mean now things are better we've tried different options we've found more reliable options um found different ways of packing things to give us a little bit more um leeway um, mm-hmm. if something doesn't get there the next day, but mm-hmm. it's still perishable at the end of the day. So, and you know, I love that you say like uh, you had to decide to be transparent. And I think that's something that we can all learn to do better as business owners is to be real and be human and let people know that behind happy pops, there is a team of people that are working hard, but some things are out of your control or out of your team's control. And, you know, instead of trying to pretend to be perfect, we have it all together. It's recognizing, Hey, we are just like you. We're trying our best, but in full transparency, there might be some delays. There might be some hiccups in how your products arrive. And I think then it's a a way for you to kind of show how much you care about your customers to, you know, make sure that they're able to get in touch with you if something doesn't go according to plan and maybe able to get a replacement and yeah, that sucks because that's a hit to your wallets at the end of the day. But you almost have to see it as a challenge that you're willing to overcome. It's like, well, if the popsicles or the happy pops are going to arrive and they're half melted, how do we still make the experience amazing? And it's what you do after that that I think counts the most, right? 
Yeah, and I and I think it, we all know it. It's difficult to acquire a customer at the end of the no matter what. And once you've acquired that customer, regardless, like they can now spread the word. You don't know who they know. You don't know. And I think like we saw it. Like one person sent to one of their employees, who then sent to her son, who sent to like like thirty people. Like and that one box that one person received just ended up being, I think like 45 or 50 books. So you want to try once you have that customer to make the experience. Wow. And I truly like from our handwritten notes, like we really try and we, we really rely on people giving us feedback and we've mm -hmm. learned a lot. I mean, someone received a gift and we had white boxes. You probably received, I don't know when you, when your last order, but you probably received a white box. There was no printing on it. And we're like, someone says, I don't know what this is in a time of COVID. And I was like, you're right. So like within two weeks, we turned around our printed boxes because we're like, that's how we're going to elevate the experience. Mm -hmm. And it completely changed. Now people were like, wow, this looks really cool. I can send this as gifts. And it just listening to your custom. If you listen to your customers, they will tell you so much. So true. And I love, first of all, that you did kind of like change the look of your boxes to make them more experiential, because I think that, you know, in 2021, there are so many different options when it comes to buying frozen treats or whether you want to go uh, buy, um, you know, nut butter or juice or soda pop, whatever it is. And it is truly down to those little touches that make a brand more memorable. And it's the whole experience. It's not just when somebody rips open a Happy Pops and like takes their first lick. It's everything from what they're seeing with their eyes to the experience of pulling them out of the box to, you know, the way it's packaged. It all is part of the full circle experience. And like you were saying with the lady who referred it to her friend and her cousin or whatever the story was, I think having a referable brand is probably the best way to approach your marketing strategy in this day and age, because, you know, Facebook ads have a life of their own email marketing, you know, it, it works, but, um, you know, how many people want to be in their inbox all day? We were just chatting before we started recording about the Instagram algorithms, who knows what's going on there. But at the, when it all comes down to it, if you have a rockstar product, if the experience that somebody has with your brand is totally unforgettable, they're going to tell like 20 of their friends. And how awesome is that for you as a marketing strategy that people are out there talking about happy pops when you're not around? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's authentic. And I think, and I think that's, what's important. It's not, we don't even, we've actually never paid anyone to post about happy pops. We've gifted product. I will admit that, but we've never paid anyone. And I believe when people I believe you can tell when people respond to gifted product, like whether it's something like in their DMs, they're going to say, oh, I would totally buy this or maybe not. And even that word of mouth and that authenticity, I think it's for me, it's not about having 50,000 followers. It's about having this quality community of people who when we drop a new flavor, they're going to the website, they're going to the store because they truly love our product. And then they're so eager to like, oh my God, I just got the holiday flavors like at Christmas time. And then they go, they're sharing these popsicles because they're so excited, even though it's Christmas and winter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think that's cool because at that level, when you have like those thousand people who are just like obsessed when you drop a new flavor or who are ordering on a reoccurring basis or who are shouting happy pops from the rooftops, that's when you know um, you've created these brand evangelists who will support you no matter what. And that to me is like the pinnacle of marketing and branding is when you have such a captive audience. And like you said, who cares if you have 10,000 followers on Instagram if none of them are really truly invested in what you're creating? But yet if you had just 500 followers and they were all so keen to see those holiday flavors drop and all 500 of them rushed to the website and then told their friends, that would be way more advantageous than having 10,000 followers who truly don't care. So I always tell people like, it's not about the quantity of people. It's about breeding people to become obsessed with what you do or to at least have had such a good experience that they'll tell a friend who could become obsessed. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned it was, it's difficult to acquire a customer, which I will totally agree with. It's challenging, right? I'm curious, what are some of the marketing methods or promotional mechanisms you're using right now to acquire new customers? So we have a referral we have a referral app on our Shopify store and and that's been great. Um, you know we incentivize people to share it with their friends and we, we reward both parties. Um, and then we started running a little bit of digital ads here and there. Um, it's definitely helped a bit, but I think the referrals has been and then gifting content to some micro influencers has helped bring in um, again with our pr- promo code. Um, for, yeah. their, for their followers. But I think the biggest for us has actually been straight up referrals from people who bought from us. Mm-hmm. And, I, and just keeping it real, even on my personal Instagram, I think a lot of my friends have bought and then spread the word. I know you bought and um, spread the word that way. So I think that's that's definitely helped. Mm-hmm. And it keeps, it keeps costs manageable because you can you need working capital as a small business owner when you're bootstrapping you know there's no venture capital money behind happy pop so we got to be strategic and what is it costing us to acquire in different ways so if we incentivize people who truly like our product to share Mm -hmm. it and they get a discount off for future purchase they're coming back then to redeem that discount so now you've got their second order which is what you want Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. then they're they're coming back after a second order. Now they're, now they're hooked. I'm sure that one of your goals for 2021 is getting healthier or maybe just maintaining your health. I think now more than ever, we are all being super diligent, trying to take care of ourselves in the best possible way. And that's why I want to thank Healthy Planet for supporting today's show. If you are a health nut like me, you're going to love that you can save money on the brands and the purchases that you're already making by ordering from Healthy Planet. They love our visionary community and they want to support us all in living our best and our healthiest lives. So you can shop with them entirely online. Products will be dropped at your doorstep within just a few days. And it's so easy and convenient that you no longer have the excuse of it's hard to eat healthy. So treat your body, your mind, your business with the fuel it deserves from Healthy Planet. They are your one-stop shop for health, supplements, great quality food, natural cosmetics, and everything you need to support your body. 
So you can actually use the code visionary10 at checkout. You're going to save 10% on your entire entire order. So it's kind of a no-brainer. I hope you'll use the discount code visionary10. That's visionary10 at healthyplanetcanada.com. I love this topic of referrals because when I really sit down to think of why I buy anything in my house, it always comes down to like a conversation. I had it with a girlfriend at a coffee shop or it may come down to, you know, I spend probably 30 minutes a day watching Instagram stories. And if somebody's like, oh my gosh, this was the best, um, you know, treat I've tried all week, then of course I'm going to be curious what they're talking about. And again, that is like a referral and it's such an underutilized and under talked about marketing strategy, because I think everyone would rather focus on like, just set up your Facebook ad and forget about it. And it's like, wait, no, no, no. We got to go back to the roots of marketing that people want to have conversations with their friends and hear, what are you loving these days? And it almost elevates our status to recommend your product. Like if I love happy pops, I almost want to share it with my friend. Cause I'm like, I've found the best kept secret and you should probably find out about it too. So it makes me feel a little more credible. So I think that's one strategy that I'm sure you're quite happy you implemented. Yeah. And, and around the holidays, I found like content creators posting like refer brands and, and people were really great at using their platform. And we actually found people who had like verified Instagrams who were buying our product in like a Metro and posting unsponsored. And the response that stuff like that gets, and it shows like that authenticity is and working with brands, whether you're a content creator or even a brand and finding the right fit. It's not just about the follower. It's who's going to represent your brand and who's going to be that ambassador. And, and sometimes when they come back, whether you've gifted them the first box and then they come back in order, you're like, okay, this is, this is the person I want to work with long-term because they really like my product. Yeah. And it's that integrity too. It's not just somebody looking for free stuff. Exactly. You know, because I know a lot of the listeners, like they are starting their own personal brands and they would love to be working with, um, you know, any of the packaged goods or the products that they have in their home. Like they aspire to one day, um, be given product or gifted product or to have paid partnerships. I'm curious what do you look for in choosing a micro influencer uh, to work with or to gift product with? I'm glad you asked. That's what I do. I look at how they, I look at what they post like authentically. So stuff that's yeah. not sponsored. So what kind of products are they buying? What do they look for in products? I mean, obviously if they're posting like, you know, stuff with artificial flavors and all of that, then I'm like, okay, maybe they don't value this. Um, I look at, you know, I look at, the quality of their content because if it's if it if, I want to see that they put that it's good content but it's also authentic like I don't need someone to like stage this picture of them eating a popsicle I like people who just post post real stuff like how we talk about like Instagram like you know yeah. they're eating the popsicle the drip like you know the dog comes out like I look for content like that and I I just I try and and I've been wrong several times and I've also been right and last few weeks I've gotten messages multiple a day for people who want to collaborate and just want free product and you know I I don't know it's 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 tough to say no and I get it and like people will send their rate cards and everything and 
I just I just can't afford to spend like several hundred dollars for someone to put one post on their feed and I just don't think it's reflective I look for people who want that long term like who want to do something more long term um mm -hmm. because it's people who've already posted us book before because they found it in store and we want to do more together and we are looking at paid stuff for this year for sure yeah uh, but we've, we've identified who who it will be with based on how they portrayed gifted product mm -hmm. yeah i worked in um like doing consulting with influencer marketing with some companies for a while and i would remember getting rate cards from some of these influencers and they would send them off to my email and it would say you know, 500 for an Instagram post, 300 for a series of stories. And, you know, I'd say, okay, well, you seem legit. This looks great. Let me go to the company's Instagram account and see if you've ever talked about us or tagged us, right? Because if they had tagged us in an Instagram story, if I started a DM with them, I would see that, okay, mm -hmm. November, 2020, they tagged us. September, 2019, they tagged us. And I'd often go over to their accounts and like start up a conversation and realize you have never once done an unpaid shout out for us. I don't even know that you use the product. And then to have the audacity to send a rate card it, it almost just feels like very inauthentic. And it's like, mm -hmm. I don't think you're the right partner. So I don't know, I guess the lesson there for anyone listening is make sure you are reaching out to brands that you genuinely use and hopefully you've given them some unpaid organic love in some sort of way before pitching them for a paid sponsorship. Do you feel that way? Or at least follow them. I'm like shocked at the amount of people who reach out and are not even following us or even liking one post. I'm like, wait, the last, like at least follow us for the for a few days. So that by the time I get to and I click on your profile, it says follow back. Like that's the bare minimum you can do is like click the follow button. <laughs> like the last nine posts if you want to like get a little bit more notice, but I don't care if you have 30,000 followers or 2,000 followers. If you're not following us, like, how is there a fit? I'm not here to just give you, I work hard. I show up to work every day with a mat. Like, I'm scared and I go to work, but not to give someone free popsicles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let that be a lesson learned. Like yeah. it's follow. one thing to ask for a paid sponsorship. It's another to not even follow the yeah. brand first. So and it's happened many, many times. And I'm like, delete. Oh, <laughs> it just like makes you cringe. Right. Yeah. Um, but you get it, you're a business owner, right? You, you know, people need to, I mean, you only have so much capital and you only have so much marketing dollars. Free product still comes at a cost and mm-hmm. Um, you got to give it to the right people. Absolutely. So would you say there's any marketing efforts you have explored in the last two to three years that have been a total flop? So like other end of the spectrum, you've mentioned referrals are great. Working with some influencers are great. Um, anything that you tried that you're like, you know what, that was not the marketing effort for happy pups. So I want to, I would say ch charitable events, but with a, like, I don't want this to be misinterpreted. I fully believe in supporting causes. We, you know, we gave to frontline workers. We donate a portion to SOS children's villages. I really truly believe in giving back, but you know, when you're a young brand and you're like, people send you, they're great 
there's people who specialize in this. This is their job. They write and they're fundraising. And, you know, you got to be mindful because it's, it's one thing to collab. Some of these events have been really good, but you got to be mindful as to who you give and for what cause and who's attending. Because if your product is not portrayed in the right, right angle, um, it doesn't often have the best value. Like I don't find coupon codes are often redeemed as well. So if it's costing you money to print a card, don't do it. Because mm-hmm. even if you're in one of these run swag bags, the redemption rate is so low, but the cost to print on like this different is still costing you like 50, 60 bucks. And sometimes you don't even make that back. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely just like being very, and you live and you learn like some, For some brands, maybe that's being, I haven't found the best return, whereas I'd rather, I have no problem supporting, um, you know, medical research. I have no problem giving to causes to alleviate poverty, but I think it needs to, and and I prefer to do that and know the money is going to the cause and run a business and like that, but I don't think those are good. I haven't found those to be the most, the best marketing avenues. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you find you get tons of offers and pitches and people who want your time and who want free product or just presence at their event, right? And you have to come to a place where you can discern between, is this going to move my business forward or is it gonna fulfill, maybe it's a personal need that you wanna contribute to the cause or is this actually going to move me away from my goal, right? Because it's taking me away from my desk or from customer support or from product improvement. And so I know for a lot of people listening, like it is hard to say no to things, but I think if you can reframe it and me saying no to this actually means saying yes to getting happy pops into more hands, then you see it in a totally different light that you can't do all the things otherwise you don't have a vision that you're chasing because you're too busy. Exactly. Like if you're an energy bar and it's shelf stable and it can be shoved into a bag, like by all means. And it's just a question of getting people to try the product. And as a food brand, I think that should be the goal. Like how do you get people to try your product? Because I think that's important. I think coupon codes, like it's a bit of a risk, like, okay. And then I have to remember to take the coupon to the grocery store, take the coupon and, order online and some of these coupons have like all kinds of fine print you know you got to spend like 50 and I get it I understand and we all have to have those fine but it can be difficult to it, it doesn't often have that benefit and you can use your money in different ways or you can donate product to other other things or mm-hmm. people who will actually value it The way I see a coupon code in a race swag bag or something is that there's too much friction between me looking at that coupon code and me actually getting my hands on the product. Like, it's like, you want me to keep this piece of paper. You want me to get to the grocery store. You want me to remember I have that in my wallet. I don't even carry a wallet anymore. Then you want me to pull it out. Like, there's just so many steps. It's like, no wonder there is like such a low redemption rate on coupons because it's so friction full of friction that I'm not doing it. Whereas, you know, what you're saying with like being able to sample the product, like that is probably the gold standard of being able to sell right on the spot. So were you doing demos in grocery stores prior to COVID happening? I was. A lot of times it is 
a requirement, but I actually see huge value in it. And where possible, I actually spent several weekends doing this myself and doing farmer's markets. And I know people will say, why are you doing this? The value and the insight I got from doing it myself was like one of the best things I did. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad that, okay, at least I've had this little break and I don't have to do them, but I learned who our customer was. I was seeing the people who were gravitating to the product, what made them gravitate to work when they were looking at flavors, what were they debating? Um, what did they want to know? So that I know like, Hey, people were showing up and they weren't too keen on maybe like, let's just say lemon mint. But then, you know, when they tried it, they were like, Oh my God, I love this flavor. So then we kind of had a sense of, and we were also seeing what age, what age group was coming forward or people would often say like, Oh, I wouldn't like this, but maybe my grandchildren would. And it's funny because I got two reviews this week online that say, I love this product and so do my grandchildren. And that's ultimately what we've been gearing up for is it's for families, but it's, it's really cool to see that now people are, are seeing that, you know, they're buying it for themselves. They're sharing it with their grandchildren. And, but that when you can be there, nobody's and nobody's going to demo like a founder. No, nobody cares like a founder. Nobody knows the information and nobody can sell like you can, you know, it in and out and you like your time is so valuable. Like that product needs to move when you're demoing. So mm -hmm. I think like those early, those days of demoing were so valuable. So true. Um, when you said nobody demos like a founder, I think back to my days working at trade shows and demoing various products for health food stores. I always think of like these select few booths where it would always be the founder themselves and a bunch of product and they would just be on fire talking to everyone, not letting a person go by that booth without yeah. them trying the product. And they just carry a different energy, right? And you could tell that like, you know, they weren't there to just like mix and mingle with friends. Like they were there to spread some brand awareness, to let people in on how awesome their product was and to meet key retail partners. And um, yeah, it's just that energy. And you could tell they loved it too. Like much as they probably didn't have to be there, maybe some of them did, but they were there because they wanted to keep talking with their customers. They wanted to continue learning more about like, what do you all want to see from the brand? So yeah, I think that's cool. Um, in light of not being able to demo this year, do you feel like that that has been a barrier to people being able to try Happy Pops or to e easily put it into their cart? For sure. I would definitely say um, it. it's not easy. I mean, you know, Metro gave us a shot and I think it's going, you know, I think, but I think people are, and people sharing, I think that definitely helps. And I would encourage people like, if you're buying a small local, if you're looking at a small local brand, or if you buy a small local brand on the regular, tag them so that your friends know and keep it authentic. It doesn't matter whether you have 200 followers or 5,000 followers, just by giving that local brand some love, you will make their day. But if even a couple of people buy that product because they saw it on your feed, mm. it's so valuable because in a time like this where, you know, we're no we're no big brand, you know, we're new to Metro, like, you know, not everybody in every store knows about Happy Pops. Yeah. And so you never know who will go and buy it. Say, oh, I was actually looking for a frozen treat or I can't have dairy or I can't have gluten. And, you know, I would love a, a pineapple coconut popsicle. And that just by doing that, 
is so helpful. And I think people are doing it, but people can do more of it, especially as we look towards likely another year of no demos. Yeah. So there are brands who are who are really feeling it because certain products that are tough to, and some people just don't want to take the risk and try mm-hmm. a new product. It's so true. And I think, you know, in addition to being um, in a financial position to support small business right now, even if you can't do that, like if you're like, I don't have the extra money, I lost my job. I love that there are so many free ways that people can support you by like, you know, walking around their local Sobeys and snapping a picture of Happy Pops if they have an attachment to the brand or um, going on your website and leaving a review or commenting on Instagram to help boost your engagement. Or a friend of mine was saying like, please leave all the small businesses in your town, TripAdvisor reviews, as well as Google reviews and on Facebook. Facebook, you can leave reviews. So um, she said, do it with a coffee in hand when you first wake up in the morning. So I spent this morning doing that with some of my favorite local bakeries, coffee shops, the market. And I thought, you know what? Like, this is one tiny, tiny thing I can do. I don't know if it helps, but she was a small business owner asking me to do that. So I thought it's cool that even if you can't support financially, there are so many ways these days to um, give brands shout outs and it costs you nothing at all. So it's pretty cool. And like with that, I, I was on a call yesterday with a, with a buyer for, or a buyer and you know, they were saying, can you gather, you know, testimonials from people who want to see your product in certain places. And so that kind of information is very valuable because when people are making decisions on what to bring in and you know, grocery, like one thing comes out for something else to come in. So Mm -hmm. in order for a new brand to get shelf space, freezer space, fridge space, some they they need to see that people actually want to buy this. Yeah. You know, those reviews, I mean, obviously, as long as you've tried the product, leave a review and yes, no, not so vague, like add two sentences. And, you know, I love the pineapple coconut because it reminds me of this. And it's, you know, I think those kind of things really help brands even just to grow because they can use, they can take those testimonials and share them mm-hmm. and it's credibility. It's so true. And I love that you say like, don't just write like a, you know, flaky (laughs) one liner, like actually think about the review. Um, Like if you really like the local coffee shop and it's their Americano and their vegan breakfast cookies that you love, write that in the review. Don't just be like good experience would go back. It's like, if you're going to take the time, at least, you know, give a little bit of context as to what it is that you love about them. So I think that's awesome. Um, you've mentioned your retailers a few times. So places like Metro, Sobeys, um, I know there's many more independent stores and smaller grocers too that stock Happy Pops right now. Um, I'm curious for you, what is it that you're doing in your pitches or in your connections that really makes Happy Pops stand out and that makes the buyer want to put you on their shelves? Like, what do you think it is that um, has allowed you to get distribution in these stores? I think it now it comes down to the taste of the product and like the ingredients and then the packaging, right? Because the packaging is different. The product, I mean, obviously I'm biased. The product tastes good. Um, and the ingredients are, the ingredients are simple. Um, I don't like to use words like clean and, you know, dirt, but, but it's, it's a deck that of, it's a deck of ingredients that people can, people can understand, people can read, people can feel good about. 
And I think that's what people want. And that's what consumers are looking for. Easy to decipher. Um, and the packaging, I think it doesn't cater towards kids, whereas other brands typically look, they either look like they're for kids, you know, with the vibrant colors and the artificial colors and the characters on it, or they actually look a little too healthy, in my opinion. And when I'm eating a treat, I just, I just want it to be a treat. I want to feel good. I want to, I want to get off my bike and then have dinner and then eat dessert. Yeah. And it should be a treat that I can enjoy. It doesn't feel like, oh my God, like, you know, there's, you know, it's, it's doesn't need to be like, it should feel good. A little bit of sugar is not harmful. And I think that's what people are looking for these days. And I think that's um, when buyers do give us a chance to Mm -hmm. um, try the product and, you know, usually yeah. Well, I love that because like they always say no amount of marketing or pitching can sell a bad product. And you're so right. Like probably the reason it comes down to why they say yes or no to you is because the product itself is good. Right. So that's first and foremost. And that's that what goes, what's that? I said, that's what I believe in. And, and I think, you know, the early retailers who took a chance on us with a stand up pouch and a sticker allowed us to validate the product. And that's that's key. You said it. It's the product has to be good because good marketing will get the product off the shelf the first time. Good marketing won't sell the product the second time. Oh, that's so juicy. I feel like I need to make that into a soundbite, but it's so true. It's like anyone who's listening, who's like, my marketing strategy isn't working or, you know, my ClickFunnels account is broken because I'm not selling anything. It's like, wait, 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 like first assess is everything good with the product? Like, did you give samples of your work and you truly got results for nobody or it tasted bad? Like we have to start there. And then, like you said, the marketing is going to get it off the shelf the second time, the third or the first time. And then once they try it, then, you know, it's the taste that keeps them coming back. So I think that's um, just an important point to reiterate. Um, You said on a previous show, actually our first episode, that you hated pitching. I'm wondering, have you grown a love for it a little more since we last spoke? Or does the whole process of pitching Happy Pops to new retailers, new accounts, new investors still kind of make you stressed? (laughs) No, I think I've grown to to love it. I'm getting better. I still don't do a lot of Instagram stories. I know that was one of my goals, but I still am not as comfortable as you on the on the video aspect of it. I love seeing your daily stories and one day I'll get there. But um, no, I actually, I think I'm a lot more confident in the product and I like, and it's those, those testimonials and that feedback. And I know that people actually love our product and I think that's what gets me fired up every day. And I just, mm-hmm. I just want to get it into more stores because I know that people want, people will buy it in more stores. So um, I do like it. I genuinely love, um, spreading the word and I'm excited about it. And like, when I get a meeting, I doesn't stress me out like as it used to. Um, and I just keep it real. I don't, I don't spend hours like writing decks. I just like kind of go in like casual. Um, this is who we are. Try the product and then we can talk everything else, but let's start there. And because once you like the product, mm-hmm. we can talk about, you know, social media and the support we'll provide and where else we're in, but it, it starts with, Buy the product first. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, you know, once they get a taste of a happy pop, then you're like, okay, now I can <laughs> give you the rest yeah, of the now, information. Now, now that you're a little bit happier, let's let's have a conversation, kind of thing. And you obviously have 
goals and envisions to get Happy Pops in more stores, right? I'm curious, do you have like a formal business plan or distribution plan that you're like, in five years, we will be here? Or are you more of just kind of a go with the flow as things pop up? I'm a go with the flow, which is why COVID didn't, um, like I, I wasn't so rattled. I, yeah. I actually like, cause it was like, oh my God, like who would have predicted like pretty much any business plan was like out the window. But I think I was like, I've always tried different avenues and we were in multiple, we had our feet in multiple different places, whether it's catering and events. And I, and I just like to take different opportunities and see where it goes. I mean, obviously I have goals. I obviously have a list of retailers I'd like to be in. I do write down goals. I love my passion planner. Um, so I do write like bigger goals and I try and break those down. And we did that for our e-commerce and we had certain goals with e-commerce and we wanted to hit in order to get certain things, we needed to hurt, sit, hit certain thresholds. And we did that during COVID and I, I stayed like laser focused because I was just like, okay, we need to get here. If I want to sell this much per month, how much do I need to sell per day? And I broke it down and we tried to hustle and get those, those targets. So it's a bit of both, I would say, but no like five-year plan. No. Mm-hmm. I always ask that question just because I feel like there is such a spectrum of entrepreneurs. And I think we all think, oh, we need to have this very formalized plan and we need to be revising it and checking in on it. But I just don't think that's the way all of our brains work. Like some of us actually do much better just waking up and gaining inspiration from the day and kind of following our nudges and little clues that have been left for us. And it's not to say you don't have a plan or, you know, something strategically that you're trying to accomplish. It's just like, it's not all mapped out. Um, the journey is more like we're going to wind around a bit rather than just like beelining for this one 10 year vision. Yeah. I think it's hard. I think, I think it's hard to have that five or 10 year. And I mean, like COVID is an example, like you're going to be thrown like curveballs along the way. And yeah. Better opportunities may come up here. People you would like people I've met at trade shows like a year and a half ago, like called me like last week and we're like, Hey, we'd like to like order for this year. And I'm like, wait, what? So what? and they would never be in my plan or like people I've met. So, you know, people start just, you know, they've met you, they've tried the product, they had a good experience. And that's where that good first experience matters because they may not buy your product now. They may not buy it in three months, six months, but they may come back a year from now when other opportunity or when there's an opportunity to do business. And like, you know, you just have to answer and, um, you know, factor that into whatever you can accomplish that year and just take, take all these opportunities and all mm-hmm. revenue opportunities. So don't believe in ever turning down business, even when we cannot, where we wonder how we're going to fill an order, just take it on and it works out in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll always find the time for it. You'll always find the time. You know, friends are being great. Family have come in. We've pulled the all-nighters, but that's how you learn to scale. Yeah. And I love that you say about that uh, retailer that calls you like a year and a half later. I always tell my clients and students just never give up on people like continue to show up for them continue to remind them that you exist because everybody's on their own timeline not everybody is going to interact with your brand and become a customer right away for some people it requires 20 touch points 40 touch points 60 and it it needs to 
come up as a need for them. Like they need to want those popsicles in the store. They need to want to invest in whatever your service is. And that takes time. So you can't rush the process, but I always kind of giggle when you're like, oh, I wrote you off so long ago. And then they come out of the woodwork and they're like, hey, we'd like to stalk you now. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Um, so is there any innovation that you are currently working on with Happy Pops or are you laser focus on sticking to what works? I think we're trying to, we're going to keep adding more. We are adding more flavors online um, for the spring summer. We launched quite a bit last year with our chocolate innovation. And that that's something I'm definitely very happy about. And then we launched a holiday collection last year, which is great. It will come back um, this year again. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll add a flavor too. Uh, we definitely just listen to um, what customers want also in terms of flavors just for online again you can't turn that around in grocery there's we've had about 30 35 flavors online um, and six in grocery so six or eight in grocery so you know we're just constantly listening um, to what people want to see online especially right now I think people it's a tough time for a lot of people just like mentally um, uh, so if, hey, if they like popsicles and it's making them give them this experience of like vacation and trying different flavors and these experiences and all of that, we're going to just keep creating because if that's what people want and that's what people are willing to buy, then sure, we'll bring you different flavors. And then with regards to grocery, I think now we're pretty happy with our lineup. It's pretty solid. No real major innovation there. It's now just growing into more stores and getting more people to know about us is more the goal. I love that you talk about um, coming up with new flavors to kind of transport people to whether it's like a tropical uh, place or just to a festive time, because I've been thinking about that a lot lately of how right now, of course, what I'm craving is to go away on a vacation, but I know that's not possible. So I'm willing to spend the extra dollars on fun food, um, you know, items or to like do anything I can to make every day more joyful, whether that's through a fun papaya flavored popsicle or whether that's through, I don't know, like eating out at a, a restaurant we've never ordered takeout from before. But um, I think it's important through this year because we don't know how 2021 is going to go either to, you know, when you see a box of Happy Pops in the freezer section at Sobeys or at Metro, pick it up because you know it's going to bring a smile to your family's face. And that's kind of what we're all gunning for at this point is just like little micro joyful moments in our lives. Yeah. And someone brought it up to me. They're like, oh, like I want to try a whole bunch of different flavors. And she's like, because I've never really been on vacation and I've always, I've seen these flavors and I can't afford to go somewhere. And I never thought about our flavors like that. And it was such a touching message because I'm like, I never realized that people saw flavors as these experiences they may not be able to get. And when I think about it, travel is so much, you, you know, you're constantly posting the cool food. You go to Mexico, you have passion fruits for breakfast and, you know, pina coladas. And some people just cannot experience that but through food they get to try these different flavors that are very different from like apple or strawberry and like so I was quite surprised and I was like wow like that's really cool I never saw it like that I was wondering why people wanted to try like tamarind and soursop and guava popsicles and it's just to experience these different cultures and flavors yeah. and really cool 
Yeah, and you're right. Like here in North America, where you and I live, like we have a pretty basic variety of fruits and yeah. vegetables. Like we are so accustomed to basically getting the bananas, the apples, maybe grab a cucumber, a tomato. Like our typical grocery shop is so simple and so routine. Yet we know when we travel, like there's so much more to these flavors and so much more that we could be experiencing. So, you know, one way to do that, grab some different flavors of Happy Pops. It's kind of fun to be able to um, do that. So that is really all I wanted to touch on, Layla. I really appreciate you coming back on the show. Um, you know, I, in my own life, have loved grabbing a, bo- grabbing a box from our local Sobeys. We just moved to a very small town here in Ontario, and I was pretty joyed to see that the Sobeys carries Happy Pop. So, you know, it definitely brought a smile to my face. And I will say my husband is probably your biggest fan. <laughs> um, so he's always excited when I unpack our groceries and there's a box in it for him. So, you know, we wish you all the success and I know 2020 was not the year any of us predicted, but it's kind of cool to get a behind the scenes look at how you guys adapted as a company and how you're staying strong as an entrepreneur. So just to kind of close this off, I'm wondering, was there any tools or um, just routines that kept you sane over the last 12 months? Yeah, I mean, I did see one friend socially distanced again. Now I'm not seeing anyone, but um, that definitely helped is having just like one really supportive person in my bubble that I could count on. And obviously my family, I'm living with family. So that's helped. Um, And just being able to enjoy those moments and take time to obviously do the usual like cooking like everybody else and learn how to. And that took my mind away. And, you know, exercise, I've gotten we set up a home gym area and that was tough for me initially, but um, definitely used that and enjoying that into 2021, um, having that space and taking time for like yoga at the end of the day and just, you know, really focusing on that and focusing Mm -hmm. on what I can control and like just what makes, what like, I'm used to like going away for a vacation to like disconnect or going to the spa and when you can't do any of that or going for to a restaurant with, with your friends, it's tough, but I mean, it's just find those little things like, mm-hmm. you know, a nice workout and just spending time with family has been. Yeah. I love it. A nice workout followed by a nice cold happy pops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love like, it. 2021. Well, we will land this plane here. Layla, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, All the best in 2021. And if you do get your TikTok or your podcast up and running, keep us posted. Uh, We would love to support you. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. All right. So that is it. That is my episode with Layla. She's so real. She's so authentic. And that is why I love chatting with her. So three things I want to point out before I end the episode. Number one, that referrals are one of the best marketing strategies, something that you can do today to support one of your favorite small businesses or to grow your own business is simply snap a photo of yourself with your favorite brand and share it to your Instagram stories or social media channels. It shares 
shares the brand with your audience and it also gives the brand content to reshare on their account, increasing their social credibility. It also increases and boosts your status as the recommender of fine provisions. So PS on that topic, if you could screenshot this episode and tag myself at Kelsey Rydell and tag Eat Happy Pops. Uh, it's one of the coolest things that you can do, even if you don't have the money to support a brand, but you still want to give them some shout outs. The second thing I want to point out is that we could all do better in supporting small business during COVID. If you have the funds, there are so many ways that small businesses can use your support right now. If you're in a financial position to do so, swap out your mass brands that you typically buy for smaller local companies like Happy Pops. They're obviously at a greater risk of hardship than the big businesses during this time. So if there's anything you can do to support a small business that you love and that you want to see around for the next next five or 10 years, then definitely try to shift some of that spending. And the final thing is I want to double tap on this topic of influencers. So Layla and I had a great little conversation around influencer marketing and what she looks for and what's actually a turnoff for her. But if you want to deepen your relationship with awesome brands like Happy Pops in hopes of getting some free product or maybe even some paid sponsorships, be sure that you're following them and you're tagging the brand organically before you ever send your rate card card or your pitch deck. It's like going back to the principles of relationship building before you ask for something. So, you know, I think we can apply that with influencer marketing too. You don't want to just blindly approach a brand without even trying them or having some credibility with them and ask them for free stuff or for money. So again, go find Layla and Happy Pops online. Eat Happy Pops is their Instagram. Don't forget to enter our giveaway over at Kelsey Rydell on Instagram. And if you want to grab yourself a box of Happy Pops, they have some really fun mixed boxes. Use the code VISIONARY10 at checkout. That's VISIONARY10 at checkout on your Happy Pops order. So I will see you all in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis. So it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. I'll catch you in the next episode. P.S. Whenever you're ready, there's a couple of ways that I can support you. So first thing, if you're ready to make your first or next $50,000 in business, explore how the Visionary Method Business Coaching Experience can accelerate your growth. There'll be a link in the show notes. Also, if you're feeling lost, confused, or overwhelmed when it comes to starting an online business, reach out and book a free revision call with me. I'll offer you customized recommendations on how to get unstuck so you can live a life filled with joy, happiness, and fulfillment.